Hey, welcome to Exec Insider Secrets, made for busy leaders and entrepreneurs. In this podcast, we get to the source and the source of success. Hear from execs who bear all and share their insider secrets, along with my episodes aimed at optimizing your performance, productivity, success, and well-being. My name's Estelle Reed, and I'm an executive coach, trainer, and author at B. Okay, let's begin. Hello, how are you? And I mean that genuinely. How are you? I've noticed an increase in the levels of anxiety in my clients. Some are experiencing panic, but there's also someone very dear in my life who's suffering as well at the moment. And it's all to do with the current situation. There's obviously additional pressures with the economy, but also the fears around COVID. So I just feel compelled to help. And there's nothing I dislike more than seeing someone suffer emotionally. In fact, when I was a little girl, if my mum was sad or upset, I felt like it was my job to make her happy again. And in some respects, that's probably why I do the job I do today. But in terms of how that translates in my business world, I help people achieve the best results by changing the way that they think and feel. And I think personally that panic attacks are one of the worst states of mind that you can experience. If you've ever had a panic attack, some people feel as though they're going to die when they have one. And, you know, routinely ambulances will be called out. People feel like they're having a heart attack. It's it's um, really, really rotten. And incidentally, I used to be the queen of panic. And I've got many hilarious stories that I could share with you, but they're only hilarious now because I've got over panic. But at the time, it was absolutely no laughing matter. And there were occasions in my teens when I couldn't even leave the house. And I think I was on the verge of becoming agoraphobic. And it disrupted so much of my everyday life. I took time off sick at work. And then it leaked into my private life when I met my husband. I couldn't do confined spaces. Now, you might just be thinking, oh, well, that'll be to do with lifts. And yes, of course, it was to do with lifts, but it was more pervasive than that. I didn't like being confined in the back of a car, a bus, a train, a boat or aeroplanes. If there were too many crowds, the list went on and on. And it really restricted our lives for some time. And I really do have a wonderful patient husband and he literally would work with whatever state of mind I happened to be in. But as I say, it would limit the things that we got up to. And this is what I mean about the connection between state of mind and our actions and our behaviour. So it was my 30th birthday and my husband decided to surprise me with a trip to New York for, as I, for, as I say, my 30th birthday. And bless him, he was so excited about it. 
I, on the other hand, was really anxious about it. And the thing is with panic that, or any other state of mind, it steals the joy from our work life, doesn't it? You know, and what should have been a really amazing trip was just filled with panic from start to finish. So the first panic attack occurred on the plane and I was fairly used to experiencing panic on planes. And in all honesty, even though I had panic attacks, um, part of me was really ashamed by the fact that I experienced panic and so I would cover it up. So I never actually stopped me from travelling on an aeroplane. It was just unpleasant at the time. So first panic attack on the plane, as I say, then we're travelling from the airport in a yellow cab and it crashed into into a bollard. (laughs) So I had another panic attack then. Um, Then we visited the Empire State Building and as soon as I got there, I just thought, I cannot do this. Not only does it involve a confined space, but it involves being high up and I couldn't do heights either. So my poor old husband was left to do the Empire State Building on his own. Shortly after that, we <clears throat> we booked a trip to go and see the Statue of Liberty. Now you might be thinking, well, no confined space involved there. You'll be fine. Well, it was right after the 9-11 bombings, so security was really high. And we got on the ferry all of about five minutes. It was dead crowded. The ferry was bobbing up and down. And I said to my husband, I need to get off. And he said, really? Are you sure? Security is very tight. I'm not sure they'll let you get off. Anyway, so I approached this security lady and I said, look, I just need to get off the boat with eyes on stalks. And she said, are you sure, ma'am? And I said, yes, I'm absolutely sure. And she said, well, I'm, I'm not sure we can make that happen. Sorry, my accent's rubbish, isn't it? Sliding into Irish there. And anyway, so off I go and I barged past her. And she let me carry on through the barrier and up the gangplank. And I sat on the bench watching my husband go off around Staten Island on his own. Bless him. Things only got worse. For the return journey back to the airport, we decided to get a bus. We got a bus because I had a panic attack in a flipping taxi. Oh, the flipping irony. The bus only broke down in the middle of the highway and there was no air conditioning. It was in the middle of the summer. It was absolutely stifling. The bus was packed and we were trapped on there for what seemed like So in the end, I had to escape again absolutely hilarious again looking back I said to my husband I've got to get out breathing into a paper bag wasn't sufficient I think I'd just had too many panic attacks and he said are you being serious I said yeah and so we scrambled across the highway and we flagged down a limousine (laughs) yeah it was brilliant No panic attacks in there because there's plenty of room. Didn't feel claustrophobic. But it just goes to show. And as I say, really funny with hindsight, but not so funny when you're stuck in the middle of a panic attack. So how do we cure negative states of mind and or panic attacks? 
Well, the first step in any change is always to raise awareness of your triggers. And I spoke to somebody over severe, sorry, I spoke to somebody over COVID who was experiencing severe panic. And the main trigger, as it is for a lot of people, was listening to the news. You know, every time they heard new statistic, the fact that cases were going up, that would then trigger further panic attacks. And very simply, you can take charge of a trigger like that, can't you? Because you can just stop watching the news. And it hadn't occurred to this person that actually they were contributing towards their own um, limiting state of mind. So that was one of the changes they made. And often it's sometimes just the simple changes. The other thing to mention as well is that certainly with panic is that it can either be a series of small triggers or it can be one big trigger and one of the analogies I use is that so back in the 80s my mum used to cook our veg in one of those old-fashioned pressure cookers we were all slightly scared of it actually because she'd put it on the stove and she'd say to me this could explode you know if I don't release the the steam at the top. And that's what I think sometimes happens with panic is that the pressure builds up inside. So we're triggered by a series of negative events. And then the panic attack is just the body and mind's way of releasing those negative states, which so it's like the steam that comes out the top. And it's your body and mind's way of warning you. It's saying you need to stop doing certain things. Hence why you've got to raise your awareness of what those triggers are, because we can end up with stacking lots of negative states. And interestingly, over lockdown, we had a similar thing with our dog. We have a huge Italian Spinoni. He is a beautiful soul, very gentle dog, but can be really aggressive if he's anxious. And he didn't like the change in home routine. And I'm sure, if I'm honest, we're probably all a bit stressy ourselves dealing with the pandemic um but what we've learned with him similarly is that to watch his state if he starts to stack negative states then that's when it leads to aggression whereas if we can nip things in the bud and interestingly we're using a hemp oil to manage his state and it works like a dream few drops on a piece of bread i'm not suggesting you have it of course although i believe there are certain oils out there Um, And it just nips the state in the bud and prevents the steam coming out at the top at the end. So once you've identified your triggers, the next step is to um, identify what corrective action you're going to take as a result of that. So it puts you back in charge. So you've raised your awareness of what's happening right now. Next step is, right, okay, what am I actually going to do about this? Because change doesn't happen on its own, does it? We can sit around, we can hope that things will be different and things will be different. COVID won't last forever, although it might always be in our community. It will get easy. Life will go on. And um, once you, so as I say, once you've identified what your triggers are, it's then a case of minimising those triggers giving your system a break so that you're not stacking the states just like our dog. 
and it's the equivalent of pressing the reset button or taking a holiday and a break from all of those triggers. Um, not too dissimilar to the uh, circuit breaker thing that the politicians are talking about to interrupt COVID, is it? Anyway, after that, the next step is to be aware of the things that you're putting in your body because actually we can trigger panic through the products we consume. So, for example, when I was dealing with panic, I stopped all caffeine um, and I think that's fairly well known that caffeine triggers fight or flight. So it increases um, panic feelings, it'll increase heart rate, so it could increase palpitations, all that sort of thing. Also, alcohol is a stimulant. And I also had to give up sugar for a time as well, because that will produce a fluttering heart as well, which again could evoke a panic attack. So you've got scope for change there. Think about what you put in your body. And I think I might have mentioned on a previous podcast that I read an article years ago and it was entitled Donuts Make You Angry, which is hilarious, isn't it? I thought that certainly got my attention. And I thought, really, can donuts make you angry? And it's to do with trans fats. And in this study, they discovered that if you overconsume trans fats, actually it makes you angry. So step away from the donuts if you're at work and you don't want to be an angry leader. Just saying. Right, so the next step is to get to root cause. So the suggestions I've made previously, they are a short-term solution. So they are the equivalent of what I refer to as a sticking plaster, as opposed to if we can get to root cause, we can clear up these triggers permanently and for life. And so, you know, I was saying earlier that I had this thing about um, confined spaces and didn't and also had an issue with heights. If you get to root cause and you use something like Havening, and my, by the way, my Havening video is available on my YouTube channel and there'll be a link, it'll be on Linktree and you'll be able to find my YouTube channel under Linktree. And it's only two minutes long, it's very easy to use. And I used Havening to get rid of my triggers and the great thing about Havening is that it really does feel like cheating. And a few years ago, I was away on my very first ski trip. I'd completely forgotten that I, one, used to have panic attacks. Two, I didn't like confined spaces. Three, I didn't like heights. And it was only when I was recording a vlog from a gondola, which is basically a high up lift, isn't it? That um, I thought, oh my God, you know, years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this. And that's what it's like, get rid of the trigger go to root cause, which is often, folks, it's related to childhood memories. Um, you know, so you, if you can get rid of those triggers, as I say, you can slot back into that context without building up those anxious states or what other state of mind it is that causes you to blow steam out the top. Now, you might be wondering why all of this is relevant. Well, if you're a business leader and what I am noticing, because I coach business leaders, I coach CEOs, execs, and 
I am noticing an increase in panicky feelings and anxiety. And just because you hold a senior position, it doesn't mean that you don't get feelings just like everybody else. And that's okay. And um, one of the things I was saying the other day is that the challenge with being a leader is that we lead states of in other people. So in other words, our team is looking to us to check whether everything is okay. And they will be reading all of our nonverbal cues, understanding our state of mind. And studies show that you will then lead whatever state of mind you're in, in the rest of your workforce. And again, you know, as a coach, as leaders, I think sometimes we can feel the pressure to be perfect all the time, to be that beacon, that shining light that everybody follows, being that strong individual. When actually those people that suffer with panic or um, some of these emotional issues that I refer to, it's just that they've been strong people for too long. So as I say, you've got some practical steps, some things that you can do yourself. If you get stuck, come and have a session. I offer free discovery sessions. We can talk about how I can help you. And please, as I say, relax and be easy. I've heard many stories and helped lots of people in this area. of these topics have piqued your interest and you'd like to optimise your performance, productivity, success or well-being, here's the next steps. You could book a free coaching discovery meeting with me but please bear in mind I have a limited number of sessions available each month. Perhaps you want to get to know me a bit more. See the link below to book and or connect with me on social media. I am Estelle Reed, executive coach, trainer and author at B, and this has been Exec Insider Secrets. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Exec Insider Secrets, made for busy leaders and entrepreneurs. In this podcast, we get to the source and the source of success. Hear from execs who bear all and share their insider secrets, along with my episodes aimed at optimizing your performance, productivity, success, and well-being. My name's Estelle Reed, and I'm an executive coach, trainer, and author at B. Okay, let's begin. So listeners, you are in for a real treat today because I've got here with me Sarah Walker-Smith, who is the CEO of Shakespeare Martinu. She is the only female non-lawyer CEO in the legal top 55 and was recently named as the UK's most influential legal CEO on social media. It's brilliant. I think it's amazing. Um, She also happens to be a trained accountant, having worked for PwC and Deloitte. So commercial know-how is second nature, but Sarah firmly believes and puts people at the source 
of, and the core of everything she does, as well as marketing and branding experience she gained during her eight years at Boots PLC. Sarah is a strategic leader, passionate about the potential of people, the possibilities of inclusive organisations and the power of common purpose for the benefit of the business and society. Sarah looks to challenge the norm in the legal sector and wider business world. She's passionate about levelling the playing field, encouraging everyone to bring their authentic selves to work and the power of unlocking potential in her colleagues and clients. And I know this firsthand having experienced you. A self-professed geek, Sarah loves learning and is currently exploring the relationship between leadership, purpose and trust. And I'm sure we'll dig into that as we get talking. I had to look up how long you and I have known each other. I had to get my spreadsheet out and everything. Not your spreadsheet. Um, no, not your spreadsheet. <laughs> but it was my accounting um, spreadsheet, funnily enough. Um, but we've we've worked or I've worked for you for over five years. I can't believe wow. where that time has gone. Um, obviously, that was when you were leading a previous organisation. Um, but you are one of the most inspirational leaders I've had the pleasure of knowing. Um, you're definitely a thought leader. And I can't wait to begin with.